the past few days have been a nightmare. But, you know, I finally came up with a plan after I heard what the old lady had said. So I took the tapes and the letter and buried them in the backyard again. The whole time I was out there, the dogs just howled and howled. As soon as I put the shovel down, they just stopped. When I got back into the house, though, I found them both sitting there staring at the basement door. And it was open. I could not get out of there fast enough. And now we're just escaping. We're, we're just driving as fast as we can away from there. Just trying to outrun the evil. We're hunting for a book written by a demon, and you're coming with us. This is the Walk in Darkness podcast. As one leaves, another enters. Hey, hey, Wally Fitch broadcasting from the Death House on Elm Street. I am so glad you could be here with me tonight. And yes, it is official. The Death House on Elm Street is now the official headquarters of A Walk in Darkness Unfortunately, Sutton is still in Montana and refuses to come to Idaho Falls. We had dinner the other night, uh, Sunday night, I think it was, and she told me that the thought of stepping foot into the house, into this house, scares her more than anything, and it's not something that she can face. She also told me that she really, she can't even be in the same city as the house So for now, she'll be staying in Missoula. Um, Now, the whole time she was telling me this, she was trembling and she was looking and rubbing the red marks on her hands and wrists where she says the demon touched her. And I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit worried about her, to be honest, you know, being alone. But we agreed to Skype every day and hopefully I can get her to move a little closer. Well, it's only been a couple of days, but the house seems just like your everyday average rental home. The paint is an ugly peach. The floors need repair. And uh, having sat for so long, it's pretty dirty and dusty. And except for the note that was left to me, which we'll get to in a minute here, nothing out of the ordinary has happened. But the only thing is, the basement is locked and Patricia refuses to unlock it, saying that the rental agreement does not include the basement, just like it did when Sutton rented it. Um, I'm not at all happy about this, because you guys all know how eager I am to get into that damn basement and check it out for myself, because I know, I know there is something down there that is vital to this investigation and I need to find it. But that said, we know Sutton never had the key to the basement. She made that clear in her Instagram post, as well as, you know, she had the same agreement that I did with Patricia yet. Next thing I know, I wake up in the basement under this like single bare light bulb hanging above me. It was so bright and it hurt my eyes and it made me feel really disoriented. I mean, I couldn't figure how the hell I got into the basement. I mean, I knew it was the basement, you know, a basement, you know. Um, it, but the thing had been locked since we moved into the house and 
I didn't have a key for it. After a bit, you know, I just, I found the strength to sit up. But then I found, it's almost like this pool of blood under me. I don't remember climbing the stairs, but I do remember grabbing hold of the basement doorknob and pulling myself up, you know, to a standing position. I should have called an ambulance. I know, I know, but I had to get out of that house. So I just drove myself to the hospital. And then later, when she came home from the hospital. I went back to the house and I headed straight to the basement door after I left the hospital. I just, I mean, I left it open, but now it was closed and it was locked. Just as it had been the whole time I was living there. I really, really got to get into that basement. But until I can, I'm going to set up a camera focusing on the basement door. So if there's anything paranormal or supernatural going on here, I will capture it. All right, so let's switch gears and talk about that lovely note that was left for me when I moved in. Now, if you missed the Instagram posts, On the way here from Missoula, I got a flat tire on the I-15 out in the middle of nowhere. And as luck would have it, I didn't have a jack. And, of course, just like the movies, I didn't have a cell signal to call AAA and call for help. Now, if you've ever traveled the 15 in Idaho, you know there's not a ton of traffic. Which is awesome when you're trying to get somewhere. But not so good when you need help. Anyway, it wasn't long before a, uh, a black Trans Am pulls up behind me. And this thing was straight out of a Smokey and the Bandit movie. I mean, this thing was in pristine condition. This guy gets out wearing bell bottoms and a Grateful Dead tour shirt. He introduces himself as Peter, asks if I need some help. Long story short, 20 minutes later, the tires changed and I'm back on the road to Idaho Falls. I finally get to the house. I sign the lease. I take the keys. It's finally time to explore this house that I've been dying to get into for so long. I headed straight to the second spare bedroom. The one that Agatha died in, and the one where Agatha made that vow to a demon. I gave you the baby. So creepy. Anyway, I'm looking around, looking for clues, anything anything that might give me some insight. And that's when I saw it. A piece of paper with a symbol on it hidden inside the vent. The same vent that Sutton found the demon tapes in after they disappeared. 
Oh my god, I am so freezing right now. What the hell is going on? It's just freaking me out. I can't believe I found these here. Do you see them? Do you see the tapes in there? How the hell did they get there? Oh, the dogs in that. Oh, it sends chills up my spine. Now, there's a belief that dogs can sense or even see things that we humans cannot. And I can tell you that in all my years of investigating, I know that to be true. Now, the thing is, they're usually more silent. They're maybe a little whining a little bit, but mostly they just sit and stare at whatever it is they see. But these dogs, these dogs were howling a dire warning as if it was the end of the world. Almost, almost like they were trying to tell Sutton to leave the tapes be. Now, I did hear the shrill bark of a dog as I loosened the screws of the vent to retrieve the paper. You know, that could have been my imagination. Um, But there are a ton of dogs in the neighborhood, so it's possible I could have heard a dog bark. It's not unlikely. Getting to the paper, printed on the left side is a version of the Sigil of Baphomet which is the symbol used by the church of Satan. Now, traditionally the sigil of Baphomet has a goat's ram head within an inverted pentagram. And that refers to the goat of Mendes, which is the symbol of he who abides in all things, the soul of all phenomena and is thus the closest to the dark force, which is seen to permeate and motivate all nature. Inside the two concentric circles contain four Hebrew letters, which spell the word Leviathan, which is a sea creature from ancient Jewish beliefs and is sometimes symbolized as a serpent biting its own tail, forming a circle. Some also believe the serpent represents the Big Bang of the cosmos or the simultaneous creation destruction. The version that was left for me contained the numbers 1 through 12 in the concentric circles instead of the Hebrew letters, and I believe those to represent the 12 apostles. Because there's a note coming off the number 1, which reads, Remember the sixth sin, and it's signed, Peter, the first apostle. Yes, Peter the name of one of the original apostles, and also the name of the guy who helped me change my flat tire. So, I was one of only two investigators who were allowed to look into Anton LaVey's black house. And that house served as the Church of Satan. Now, because of that investigation, I'm pretty well versed in the symbols and philosophies of the Satanic Church. And I think whoever left this note knew that I would know the sixth sin, and that I would take it as a message encouraging me to continue this investigation. And this is what the sixth sin says. The satanic sixth sin, (laughs) say that six times fast, the satanic sixth sin is lack of perspective. You must never lose sight of who and what you are and what a threat you can be by your very existence. 
We are making history right now, every day. Always keep the wider historical and social picture in mind. That is an important key to both lesser and greater magic. See the patterns and fit things together. See the patterns and fit things together as you want the pieces to fall into place. Do not be swayed by herd constraints. Know that you are working on another level entirely from the rest of the world. All right, so I I already knew the answer to this, but just to make sure that all the bases were covered, I contacted the Church of Satan and asked if they had anything to do with leaving the note. And as I suspected, they did not. Uh, They told me that the sigil used in this note is not the official sigil used by the Satanic Church, which is true because this particular symbol was first seen in what is now southern Sweden in the late 900s. Mr. Fitch, the log is not real. The jewel is delivered today. And with some group of people, the demonic apostles, who will later lose for other demons. The schuldige has spread the Christendom to our region. I slid that new material. Go, I was beginning to wonder if I was ever going to hear from our Viking friend again. And uh, Snore left this message on Tuesday. And uh, that was Old Norse that you heard. That is the old ancient language of the Vikings. And it translates to Mr. Fitch. It is Snore Helig. The sigil delivered to you was used by a group named the Apostles of the Demonic, led by Lucifer's number two demon. They were responsible for impeding the spread of Christianity to our region in the late 900s. Proceed with caution. Okay, so, is the number two demon Snor refers to Sarath? Now, we kind of know that Sarath is a powerful demon and is rumored to, at least at some point, to be Lucifer's second in command. And is there a connection between the apostles of the demonic and the 12 deaths that happened 15 feet from where I'm sitting right now? WVVX breaking news. Bodies of the victims from Friday's horrific poisoning incident in Idaho Falls have disappeared from the morgue. Those bodies were never found. They literally just vanished into thin air. So are they Saras' new apostles of the demonic? Is that why the bodies were displayed as they were under the fig tree? I looked at the pictures that Jewel St. Vincent gave me. And if I rotate it as if I'm looking at the scene from the south, in other words, looking north, you can clearly see a clock-like pattern, the same that was on the sigil of Baphomet that was left for me. But that's not all. It's a bit hard to see, but in the one o'clock position, or in the first position, was the guy that helped me change my tire. It was Peter. And he was in my house. Now, assuming Sarath has indeed created a new Apostles of the Demonic, 
What is their purpose? Is Sarath using these apostles to help me find his book? And if so, why doesn't he just give it to me? And that's the mindfuck right there. Applying human logic to a demon, an entity I'm not even convinced exists, and that there scares the hell out of me. It scares me because I've always been an agnostic bordering on atheist. My work has always been about the truth and using science and facts to discover the truth and not let theology cloud my judgment. Keeping an open mind and not labeling something as true unless I can see it firsthand has been the key to everything that I hold sacred. But lately, I've experienced things that question these beliefs. I mean, we're hunting for a book written by a demon, but how can you prove demons exist? How can you prove a place like heaven, hell, or purgatory exist? Yet, I've had contact with someone who appears to be an apostle of a demon, a priest who claims to be from purgatory, and somebody who you heard earlier claims to be a Viking from the 9th century. I've heard what appears to be a woman talking to a demon, and Sutton herself says, that a demon stole her baby right from her womb. So these are the leads that I have to work with, even though they don't make sense. I have a choice to accept them or dismiss them, but if I accept them, does that mean that I accept the existence that all these supernatural places and entities exist? I don't know, maybe this is the truth that I've been looking for, and this is why I ended up being the one to look for this book. I've always prided myself in being able to see the possibilities, but sometimes the evidence, reality, tells you something that you're not ready to accept. And while you think you're operating with an open mind, Your mind is actually rejecting anything contrary to your bias. So, in my effort to not cloud my judgment, I've dismissed religion as a collection of fairy tales created by man to elicit power. But, what if, what if within the lies of these religions, there's truth? What if there really are demons? What if there is a constant battle between heaven and hell, good and evil? And what if we are caught in the middle of it all? What if what I thought was paranormal this whole time was really supernatural? So, if you really stop and consider all the possibilities, it means that Sarath a fucking demon that I don't even necessarily believe in is helping me find this book. Which would mean that this book does actually exist and there's a very real possibility that we're going to find it. And then what? What happens when and if we find this book? Armageddon? 
A thousand years of darkness under the control of Sarath? And that makes me think of our preacher friend. We haven't heard from him in a while. And I don't know, maybe his warnings have some legitimacy, even though they're rooted in a belief system that I think is corrupt. Maybe truth, just like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder. Wally Fitch out. Hey, it's me, Sutton. If you like the Walk in Darkness podcast, please support our investigation by going to awalkindarkness.com. Expenses add up and every little bit helps us follow leads in the investigation. And don't forget, in between episodes, the story continues on Instagram. Follow A Walk in Darkness for the big picture. Thank you for listening and for your support.